We've got another episode free of any coronavirus talk for you today, all recorded before any of this came down. So uh, enjoy the lack of coronavirus. Good morning, marketers, and welcome to the If You Market podcast. We are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. If You Market is brought to you by Mountaintop Data and Joto PR, and I'm your host, Sky Cassidy, joined by co-host Carla Jo Helms. Hi, guys. And uh, today we'll be talking with Alan Adamson of Metaforce about avoiding the check the box mentality uh, in, in, in marketing. Alan is the co-founder and managing partner of Metaforce, an NYU Stern adjunct professor of marketing and the author of Brand Simple, Brand Digital, The Edge, 50 Tips from Brands That Lead. I think I might have uh, put awkward pauses in there. (laughs) Um, Yep. And his newest book is is, uh, Shift Ahead. Alan, uh, sorry about butchering the book title there. Uh, Correct me, please. You have a litany of books that you've written now. Yeah, well, I think we should end it now because then people will run out and have to read the books. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So can you correct me on that uh, brand simple, brand digital the edge. edge and then shift ahead and shift ahead is about you know how do you shift your business ahead and you know, most people want to grow it and more and more companies uh, as everyone knows find it hard to grow and shift their business ahead that is that is the challenge um, so today's topic is avoiding the what you call the check the box uh, mentality I want to dig into that of course that we're gonna be talking primarily about that and then whatever tangents I take us off on as well and uh, before we get into that, though, can you tell us a little more about yourself, uh, how you got to where you're at, and about, about your company, Metaforce, and what you guys do there? Yeah, I, was, uh, I graduated, and I was going to be a filmmaker, and uh, you know, no one in L.A. wanted to put me in charge of making movies. <laughs> so I, <laughs> well, I ended up uh, going back to business school and then uh, went into advertising, which allowed me to you know, get involved in smaller movies, 30-second movies to tell you to uh, – use a credit card or that credit card or drink this coffee or that coffee. And then I uh, was fortunate enough to spend some time in marketing and at Unilever uh, and worrying about Dove soap and your skin and why the two should go together. Uh, and then went into a uh, uh, different end of marketing and brand, brand management. So and like anything, it's never a linear career, uh, but I've had a good time and learned almost uh, every day. So then, at some point, you said, "Hey, I, I want to start my own thing here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on my own." You started the, the, uh, the company Metaforce. Yeah, and it, it, that was, you know, a bit of the result because the firm I was running at the time was part of a large holding company, mm-hmm. and had lots of specialized firms. And if you went to a team meeting inside this holding company and said, "Who is the brand expert?" Everyone's hand came up: <laughs> the PR person, the digital person, the media person. And they were all necessary, but what became an increasingly difficult challenge uh, for anyone inside the company or anyone dealing with the company was, you know. Which lever do you push? Do you need PR? Do you need digital? Do you need advertising? Do you need um, social? And and since everyone was trying to sell you everything as a customer, you have to make choices and integrating and saying, look, let me look at your situation. And, you know, you could do all 10 things, but, you know, what you really need to do in your business is A and B. Right. So did you, would it be accurate to say that your company, you kind of spun off from the agency you were at and said, let me start my own thing to 
handle this, they were probably your primary client initially? Yeah, exactly. And to some extent, it's a little bit of back to the future. Because when I started in advertising, not quite in the Mad Men days with Don Draper, but the ad agency back in those days, you know, would sit with a client, learn their business, talk to the CEO, not to somebody in the marketing department. And, you know, they would, they would do a lot of marketing. Um, and they, you know, there weren't 25 agencies working for, you know, a hamburger company. Uh, and so, you know, how do you get back to that simplicity of ability to be, you know, a true advisor to say, you know, here's what we're going to do to grow your business, not here's what I have to sell. And don't you want that? And the next person down the hall says, no, I have something else to sell. Don't you want that? And it really becomes hard to, you know, be right. a concierge. I feel like uh, with today's subject, you're kind of all these all these places are providing another, a different piece to the puzzle and it's not always the same puzzle. So you have your branding over here and your SEO and your this mm. website and your that, and you technically have them all, but they're not all the same picture. Right. And to some extent there's pressure inside those companies. If you're in charge of building websites, um, everything, you know, you need to sell what you make <laughs> uh, and the ability to be agnostic and look at a business and say, well, you could do a new website or you could do a TV commercial, you know, but really what you should do is this. So, so if everyone is evaluated on how much they sell of their individual business, then it's hard to pull it together. It's hard to integrate it. And so that became, I saw that happen with my clients and they would go to this holding company and no matter who you talk to, whatever they were, whatever line of business they were in, you need a new brochure, you need a promotion, you know, they would try to be objective, but at the end of the day, they would say, and we've got the perfect solution in this little hat and here it is. Right. Your banker is always going to tell you that you need to invest in bonds. <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. So, and how do you get, how do you get objective advice and separate, you know, what you should do from what somebody's trying to sell you, they make. Okay. Okay. Excellent. So let's shift over to the check the box mentality. Can you kind of explain your philosophy or the don't check the box mentality, I guess I'd say around that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it came, it comes very closely out of that conversation because uh, if one thing, if a lot of, if a lot of independent companies are trying to sell you what they do, you tend to say, that sounds good. Let me do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know, lots of clients in the B2B space um, tend to, have a check the box mentality. All right, we've done a little, we got our website, we did that. We're doing a little social media, I've done that. We're going to run a promotion. We're going to do some in-store sampling. Uh, you know, we're going to uh, do some digital marketing. We're going to do an ad. And they tend to feel very successful if they get these things done. And often they're done nicely, maybe even very nicely. But as everyone knows, uh, we live in a world today where, especially in business still, you know, Word of mouth is important, you know, you know and no one shares ordinary. <laughs> the, everyone talks about, gee, I need something to go viral digitally, but the strategy is easy. You know, if you've got an average website and if you've got an average brochure and you've got an average PowerPoint sales presentation and you've got an average, you know, search engine optimization program, uh, average is over. <laughs> and so figuring out how you do a few things really well will drive more success than doing lots of things sort of okay. Right. And I, I know I've been in the marketing meetings where you do literally have the list of things like right. hey, what's this. And, and sometimes there it's a list and you're crossing them off. And sometimes there's actually boxes you're checking there and you're like, yes, this is taking care of. Yes. And they're all important. You can't say, yeah. well, we don't want to do uh, a new website. You know, the trick I though agree is with you on that. They, some of them, I don't think they're all important, but I think many of them are important. For sure. You can throw some out sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, and then the trick is, all right, you, you maybe you need to check all the boxes, but which 
two boxes do you want to hit a home run in? <laughs> right. So you're so. saying you don't necessarily need to remake the website. You have a website. Maybe it's not the best it could be, but if you really want to focus on getting something viral, and I know that's kind of a bad example because it's stuff to right. say, now we're going to go make them. But if you're going to try to do that, you've got to go and try to make 500 videos and figure out how to make something go. Right. You better focus on that and really get the right help um, yeah. versus saying, well, we're going to make our website. We're going to put blue on it now instead of gray. And that's going to make a big difference. Right. Right. So have all the boxes, go ahead and check them, but then focus on a couple key things to that. You really want to, you really want to kill it at. Yeah. Uh, now the theory is easy. You can really be successful at maybe what right. you want to kill it at may not be the right thing. Right. That's the other thing, you know, you know, if I give uh, a friend a joke book and say, here's how you're funny, that friend may not be you know, doing stand-up comedy too soon. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, the trick is also to say, you know, what does this company, what are their skills? Say? What, can, what can they do really well and try to align them? Um, because at the end of the day, every company has strengths and weaknesses. And if they, if they decide to check a box that's you know interesting to do, but they have no skill set in that, <laughs> no talent, they don't have the right people, um, then you know again they 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 will muddle through it, but they won't do it brilliantly. Interesting. So it's not just who you are as a company, and you say, oh, here's who we are, so we need to do physical events and focus on that or something, but also what skills you have in house. Right. To some extent, you're, it, 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 the other thing is you, you don't want to use a peanut butter approach. If, if you're really good at something, you want to try to lean into what you're good at as an organization. What's not, a peanut butter it, approach? Well, you, you take, you know, you take your $10 and spread it over 10 things. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, you just, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, exactly. Well, it's, it's, uh, uh, and so you really want to figure out, you know, for your organization, there are three areas you could focus in. Now, which Two, do you have the right people? Do you have the right, you know, some, some check, some boxes you check, you know, are pretty easy to check, but some boxes, uh, you need certain talent or you need a certain amount of money. Right. You know, certain times, you know, if, back to uh, Scott, what you're talking about, if you decide you, you want to do advertising, you know, you, you can't send your, your, your uncle, your intern out with an iPhone. Sometimes you can. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're going to have to get the right talent to tell a story. I'd love right. to hear a case study. I know Sky has a direction that he wants to know, but I would love to hear, you know, like a specific example. Even if you can't say the company. Wow, KJ, you just went full beast on us there. I don't know what happened with the sound, but that. yeah, if you could, I heard the beginning of that. But whatever you did, don't do that again. <laughs> anyway, case study. KJ was saying case study. Alan, can you? Uh, do you have anything in particular uh, that you can? that you can flesh out for us on that? Well, I just think, you know, it's, it's not one that, that I worked on, but it's one that I think people will remember. And it talks about focusing on what you're good at. A couple years back, um, you know, if you went to the, buy a, a razor blade, there were two choices. It was, you know, Gillette and Chick. And uh, as everyone, many people know the story, this uh, younger entrepreneur who is actually, uh, I didn't plan on this, a, a filmmaker. He was pretty entertaining. He was pretty funny. Um, yeah. His uncle had decided to have a whole warehouse. He was looking for what to do. His uncle said, I have a whole warehouse of cheap razors. You want to try to sell it? And his natural skill was humor and cleverness. And so he did a video for Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> this is a little bit after he started it. 
uh, where he was a star and going through the warehouse and talking about his business. And because that was a natural strength and because I focused on one thing, he did have a video that went viral and it skyrocketed the business. So it's just an example of looking at, you know, what you're what has to be done, how you're going to, everyone has touch points. Everyone says we, you know, there are many ways to get to a customer picking one or two or three uh, and figuring out, you know, how do you really break through? How do you brilliantly execute? Uh, again, if you just do it okay or very good, it's not going to break through this too much noise. You've got to figure out what one or two things, whether it's your Salesforce or your sampling programs or your events or your, um, uh, digital strategy, pick one or two that you, you know, have the skill set or can get the skill set to really hit it out of the park. Yeah, I tried making that Dollar Shave Club commercial and it just didn't work as well. It right. Was, it was weird. <laughs> and, and ironically, the other thing that happens is that there's a ton of follow the leader. Once somebody does something good, it's like watching seven-year-olds play soccer. Everyone does the same thing. And then there were so many videos that followed from other companies that were just awful. And you just can't replicate and do the same thing if you don't have the right DNA or talent. So the, yeah, the Dollar Shave Club example, I mean, I guess people can say, oh, this is a really good thing that's going on right now in marketing or here's a great approach. But if you don't have the skills in-house, doing it poorly just doesn't do you any good. Right, exactly. And, and, and most people, uh, it's hard to admit that. It's hard to be also self, everyone thinks they're talented and they can do anything. <laughs> especially in a medium-sized business, but knowing what your, what your company's strengths and weaknesses are. So, you know, one of the simple exercises we do is look, look at all the touch points. We have a sales presentation. We have uh, a digital campaign. We have some social. We have a Facebook page. And, and you know, um, what are my company's strengths? And figuring out, you know, which one or two or three you can, you can do brilliantly because as, as everyone in your audience knows, Lots of people have the same approach to business. <laughs> lots of people have the same strategy. Lots of people, everyone knows the customer makes it clear what they want. And the winner is often the one who can execute the best. Right, right. So it's, it's almost, you could probably almost make an equation of saying not just you figure out here's where we should be putting our marketing spend. Right. If you have social media and you're saying, are we, are we going to spend it on uh, Facebook? Are we going to spend it on LinkedIn? Where are we going to do our ad buys? For are you going to create your own content? You know, that's another right. big one. Are we, gonna, yeah. <laughs> we, we decided to create a podcast. Uh, mm -hmm. It was a little iffy at first. Maybe it's still iffy. I don't know. Carla Joe's a, a great <laughs> co-host, helps out a lot. But if you don't have anybody who wants to talk on a mic, maybe that's not the best channel. Right. In other words, if they, you know, exactly. You can say the theory is let's do a podcast, but without your talent and your personality uh, and your interview skills, just having the microphone and the ability to record is not going to be successful. Right. Right. And on the other side, maybe you have somebody who's great on the mic, but if you're, if you can't produce it because you don't have the skills to do that either, right? Exactly. Then, then you're also in trouble. And then it has to be the right medium as well. We decided at one point to focus all of our social media uh, spend on LinkedIn because yep. we said that that's where our people are. So that's kind of saying, hey, we you know we have a Facebook page for our company, we have a Twitter site for our company, but we're not really focusing on pushing content there much. It's, mm -hmm. it's just getting our main focus is on LinkedIn and that's where our dollar spend is as well. But then the talent part, I think is a, a big thing. What you're talking about. It's if you don't have anybody who can write stuff for LinkedIn, who can, who can make content for it, then 
it's still not the right place. Exactly. So it's a two-step process. And it's one of the most overused and underappreciated words in business, the one you talked about, which is focus. And the reason focus is hard is because if you put all your effort into LinkedIn, that means you're not doing Facebook and some other things. And in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, an environment where people are risk averse, they do what they happens on the roulette table. They want to put a chip on every number <laughs> and think that's less risky than piling six chips on LinkedIn. Right. And you, you, you're not going to lose as much putting a chip on every number, but you're guaranteed to not win also. Exactly. exactly. And I think that's why most businesses struggle with that because inherently in the more successful the business, the risk, more risk averse they are and why challengers from the outside can beat them sometimes dollar shave club cleaning Gillette's mm-hmm. clock is because, you know, they put all their, all their chips on one number, <laughs> a different model, go to direct to consumer and a clever, funny viral video and P and G, you know, couldn't do that. Right. And I guess it's a, they didn't get lucky with that to go viral. Yeah. I mean, okay, they got lucky to an extent that it went as viral as it did, but yeah. they were playing to their strengths. Right. He was um, incredibly and, funny and yeah. and it was clever and engaging and and authentic and you know all the things and now you could take a strategy how do you do online videos and say it has to be funny, authentic, <laughs> fresh. But right. it's re- those words are easier said than done. And, and if they tried the same thing in a print Again, ad or something like right. that, it wouldn't come across. And even if they tried the same thing a year later, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that's the other thing. They, they get into that work last year. Let's just do it again. And that's another deadly thing in business. Right. Or, or instead of making that video, they would have said, let's make a Got Razors video. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's really successful. They say, yeah. I mean, how many companies had the Got whatever after Got right. Milk did it so right. well? Um, but for a while there, I love seeing the follow-up campaigns like years later, just continuing, uh, you know, make, go ahead and make an office Harlem shake video now and put it on social media and see what happens. There's so much of a follow the leader herd mentality in marketing. Mm. You know, one of my favorite things is if everyone's doing it, that's pretty good indication that if you just do that, you will not have the same success as everyone else. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. If you can get on the wave early, you might be able to pick up some of the coattails. But right. by the time everybody's doing it, everybody's wrong, kind of. It's yeah. been, we crap things out in marketing. <laughs> exactly. You see exactly. something good and everybody piles on and makes it not good anymore. Right. And there's yeah. a chance that you might be able to you know, do it brilliantly. But more often than not, yeah. uh, if you're following the leader, uh, three down, you're probably not doing it as well. Right, right. Now, there's some channels that are pretty that are like that email had a ton of, you know, it exploded when it came on and there was a bubble and then it subsided because everybody jumped in, but it still has intrinsic value kind of, it's not a gimmick. I guess I'd say gimmicks wear out. Um, Yeah. And dollar shave club video. I mean, that is kind of a gimmick. It's something new and interesting and novel, uh, but the novelty wears out when everybody makes one. Exactly. And that's a big challenge in business is because, and the other thing is everyone gravitates to the latest toy in marketing, be it uh, viral videos or social or, and, and sometimes the best successes in marketing is when somebody goes to a channel, radio, packaging, <laughs> sampling, something that, you know, it's been around forever, <laughs> but they just zig when everyone else is zag. Right. Right. So, uh, Carla Joe's sound is out right now, but she's still soldiering on. And, uh, and she, she texts so you. Has a, uh, <laughs> yeah, she has, a, she has questions that she wants me to, to put Shoot. out to you. So we've got a question from the, uh, 
from the, the field. <laughs> field here. Yes. <laughs> um, we'd like to know kind of what your favorite uh, techniques and tricks are for avoiding that check the box mentality for avoiding being just good enough. Um, you know, a, a, one of the things I like to do is uh, often uh, we're called, uh, called in sometimes we need a new website. Can you redo that? And, uh, and they said, we've, you know, our competitors have this flashy stuff on it. And, you know, the simple thing is to take five of your competitors' websites and take out the company name on the about us phase and say, all right, here are five companies that you compete with. They all, they all have pretty websites, but look at the about us section. And you tell me which about us is you and tell me which about us is your competitor and tell right. me why ones, cause they're all, and you, you know, when you, you take off the logo in the corner, they all sound, well, we're going to be customer focused and, you know, really care about our you know, product. And we've been in business 17 years. We're founded by a dog and a wolf, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, well, now just, you're getting interesting. You got the dog and a wolf thing going at least. <laughs> so part of it is just to, hold up a mirror to what they're doing with a few tricks to get them to realize that, gee, you know, maybe just putting new and improved on, on, on a thing and just trying to do it simply is not innovative enough. How about some uh, under new management or going out of business sale? (laughs) (laughs) You you do have to find the edge of the table and then pull it back a bit. I think, you know, know, the, the best entrepreneurs I've ever met have always said, I did this. People told me I was crazy. You know, we made this bet. We would have lost the company if it didn't work. Right. Uh, but they did it. I mean, it's maybe it's not quite would have lost the company, but Apple's uh, 19, uh, 1984 commercial. Exactly. Like their agency was telling them, are you nuts? Like, exactly. no, no. You just told the computers have different colors and they, they're yeah. on sale at, they're on sale at Radio Shack. What's, what's your feature? What's your feature? Like mention some features and get on with it. Speeds um, and feeds. Yeah. Um, so it, it seems like that kind of all circles back around and you mentioned it right off the bat also to brand. Who are you as a brand? So it's not, it's not just where do you, you know, you got the basic box checking, then where are your skills? Great focus on that. But you know, you're talking about the about us page, right? What separates you when you said the dog and I was falling asleep and then you said dog and wolf. And I was like, huh, they got a dog and a wolf. What? What's going on there? It's that I think, and some people do it in a gimmicky way. It's kind of obvious to marketers and, and, mm-hmm. and salespeople when people are faking stuff, right? You know, you'll see that every company now has its, its origin story where there was right. two friends or a husband and a wife and they tried to get a service and they couldn't, you know, I was in college and I couldn't find a luxury watch at an affordable price. And I'm like, bullshit. You and your roommate were not sitting around saying, damn, where can we find a luxury watch at an affordable? That is a total BS origin story. Right. It's, right. It sounds stupid, but everybody has that origin story. We tried to get this product and it wasn't, now some of them are true, but most of them nowadays I feel like are just templates that people are, and it, it makes for a fake brand to me, but it seems like being authentic to who you really are. If your company is all about, you know, or if who you are as a person is you love your dogs, but your company is a razor company. Great. You can feature the, the, the dog. I mean, what's more boring than a razor, maybe data, but (laughs) exactly. It's, it's the ability to say, all right, what's my story? A brand is a story that you want to, and it could be about what I do, how I do it you know, who I am or maybe why I do it. And most marketers try to do one from each box again. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you got, you, you know, to, to be, without focus, 
you know, I, I'll tell you this quick story. When I started in advertising, I was working on a product, went into the creative team's office and they said, give us a brief. You know, you spoke to the client and I pulled out six pages of, you know, densely uh, type pages and say, here's everything we want to know. This coffee is Colombian grown and it's, it's, you know, this much money a cup and it, it's sustainably organic. And, and they looked through the entire list. I'd done all this research and here's what customers want in coffee. And he ripped off the corner uh, of the page and he said, when you can figure out what to put on this little two by two scrap of paper, that is <laughs> that's important i will do an ad for you otherwise go downstairs and back and think about it because if you're coming up to my office and saying communicate three pages of right attributes here's like 20 bullet points that right. are who we are right <laughs> it occurs to me it's kind of uh like the marketing has to be dripping with the personality of the company yep. um i think when i think of great marketers it dawns on me that they're all almost manic and that they have so much of who they are flowing out of them they can't keep it from getting on the page exactly you know it, it it you know what you do can be copied instantly how you do it can often be but who you are is hard to copy and if you if you've got a really good who story and people because people want to do business with 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 companies that they know and feel <laughs> have an and, actual personality right exactly and uh, it's one of the mushier things to talk about but you know if if a company is soulless um yeah. then um it doesn't matter that your product works 72 percent of the time <laughs> and i guess i mean you see it in so many it's been a, a topic it comes up in so many of our podcasts recently but in advertising now so many products are being commoditized just by the competition making everybody have a good version of the product, have the same features. Right. Um, and then once that happens, what do you have in razors? What do you have? Right. Like dollar save club was like, well, we could go 14 blades or we could have some personality. Exactly. Right. And that's <laughs> what Gillette would add four, four, four blades and Schick would add four blades and then yeah. do a five. And look, you look at SUVs now on the marketplace and, if you're spending $10 or $20, you know, they all almost look identical. <laughs> they all have the coffee cup holder. They all have the, you know, if you're, you know, if you're. They turning. all run forever and we know it. Right, right. And yet somebody's going to break that. Somebody's going to realize that just moving the location of the coffee cup holder is not going to be enough of a difference. Well, now it seems that instead of driving through giant mud puddles, they're showing them driving through fields of flowers and they're like, right. the, the trunk is comes with full of love and stuff right. like that. You're like, Oh, okay. They're putting their personality on it there. I guess Ford has Ford tough. And they're like, that's still going to be our personality is tough. Right. Right. Like that's what, that's what we're going to push as, as who we are. I guess back to the people with a fake origin story. It makes me think that your company's personality kind of needs to pass the Turing test a little bit where people don't look at it and say, oh, this isn't human. This is fake. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and that's hard to do if you've got two things happening in the company. You, know, you have a committee of people making the decision. So, you know, Sky gets, you know, this piece of the story and, you know, Right. This person, so you get committee decisions and well, they all suck the personality out of it. Right. And they all have their own word. And then you have some things that says, we're going to be funny yet serious yet caring. And, and, um, you, you, you don't have, um, the focus of somebody saying, this is what we're going to do. And leadership is still, it, it's overstated, but, um, if you, you know, one of my favorite quotes from uh, actually David Ogilvy again was you can search all the squares and parks, but there are very few statues 
to committees. So yet most organizations try to be inclusive and you need to be, but at the end of the day, for some of the communications, you need that focus. And for some of your marketing, you have to pick, are we going to, you know, put all our chips on LinkedIn? Are we going to do our own podcast? Are we going to do a few podcasts and a few Facebook things and a few sales meetings? And, and it's really hard to have the focus to pick one or two things and, and try to do it really well. Right. And, and to figure out, you said it many times, what you're actually good at versus what you, maybe you think you're good at or would right. like to be good at or <laughs> exactly yeah. go out. You can go out and get the P I suppose if you said, you know what, to our business, SEO is really important and we have nobody in house who knows what they're really doing. on. Right. And that would be a good thing. Then you can say, I can go hire somebody and get the expertise, but then you also have the courage to say, well, I can get, you know, an intern to do it for $20 or <laughs> oh, if I really want to get the best you know, search person, that might cost $10,000, <laughs> but it will be worth it because we'll have a piece of brilliant execution. Fantastic. Um, we're reaching the midway point here. I want to take a, a very quick uh, break. Uh, after the break, we'll come back. We'll talk some more about this uh, avoiding the checkbox mentality and how to, how to focus on, creating, uh, I guess I, I'm just making stuff up now on what this is about, but on creating, uh, as your book says, brand simple, simple brands, and uh, creating messages that actually stick and have some, some personality and have some, uh, some authenticity to them. So uh, we're speaking here with Alan Adamson. He's the co-founder of Metaforce. And we've got Carla Joe Helms in the field with us today, uh, writing in questions by text. And you're listening to the Ify Market podcast, talking about avoiding the check-the-box mentality in marketing. So LeadSift is a sales intelligence platform that helps other B2B technology companies, which companies they should go after, who within that company they should speak to, why they should speak to, and when they should speak to them based on signals of intent. Um, so do check us out at leadsif.com. It's L-E-A-D-S-I-F-T.com. Welcome back to the Ify Market Podcast. We have Alan Adamson on today, the co-founder of Metaforce. We're talking about avoiding the check-the-box mentality. A lot of talk about, about branding and kind of uh, the flip side to that is um, doing something great, making sure you're focusing on doing what you're good at and, and doing that something great instead of being generically good at everything. Alan, we were talking a little bit off the air there about, about this subject and how when you're having that problem, maybe you don't have the talent in-house in the areas you need. How do you find the right people? And how do you even find out that you don't have the talent in-house? Yeah, I think that's it's an old marketing, but you, you get myopic. You, you know, you go to the same, as you were saying, the same restaurant for lunch. You talk to the same people. I remember when I was at Unilever, we'd sit down every day in the company cafeteria and have the same conversation. But you need to zoom out uh, and you need to... Uh, now it's it's easier said than done, but you know, go to a neighborhood you haven't gone to before. Read something you haven't, uh, 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 a, a, a space you haven't read before. Uh, go to a movie ordinarily, you know. And I was, uh, and sometimes you need somebody to give you a push. I was taking my son to college a couple of years ago, and we arrived at the airport, and uh, uh, I said, "I'm going to go rent a car." And he, he looked at me like I was a Neanderthal. What do you mean rent a car? I'm not going <laughs> to you know, take the bus to the train. You know, two clicks and we're done. You know, right. and so sometimes you need, you know, a teenager to give you a push, but how do you get that in business? And you get that in business by, you know, hanging out and get out of your bubble, you know, and it's easier said than done because innovation is usually, you know, 
zooming out and looking at what's happening in a business not exactly like yours. Right. I guess small businesses, there's few opinions in the company. And so they're very focused and they're on a set path. But the downside of that is you don't have the variety. A large company might have five graphic designers. So they might have a slightly different style. So you in-house, you have that variety. But smaller companies have one graphic designer or they have one person they outsource to. And really, the great thing is it doesn't cost anything to go look somewhere else, to ask somebody to submit something to, you know, I always tell people it doesn't cost anything to interview somebody, interview somebody once a week for a position just to find out if the guy you have in that position is as good as you think he is, or is giving you the value. You might find out, wow, I can get way more for my money going this direction. Right. You have to, you have to, you know, uh, be impatient in general to be successful and you have to be willing to try new things and experiment and try something different and people get into ruts they work with the same suppliers and they're very good and there's something important to be loyal uh, to people who understand your business and have worked but occasionally you have to you know mix it up a bit to to get somebody who sees the world a little differently either inside your company or outside your company that's interesting so you have a vendor that you like, you've got a long-standing relationship with them. They're the only person you use. You don't even realize over 10 years that what they're providing has changed and there's a lot more value out there. And right. maybe their clients all like them so much that they're not getting pushback. And it's actually going to ruin their company eventually because once people do find out they're behind, they haven't kept up because they have all their clients that are happy with them. So mm-hmm. it's almost it's all like you need to call them out every once in a while and show them, Hey, look, here's this thing that I need to be able to do that you're not offering. Um, so I guess I'd say looking at the variety and saying and creating the competition for them allows them to stay on top as well and providing you the best product by. Yeah. Know, I would think it's a good idea every couple of years to say, even if you want to be low, you know, let's do a review. Let's have three competitors come here and have them look at our business and give us some thinking, but let's not use the same three. You know, the other challenge many media businesses have is they have one generalist gets back to my point in the beginning. They have one firm that sort of does everything that does their website, that does their marketing, that does, you know, their sales booth. And there's some benefit because they all, you know, but you're more likely to get generalists Oh, uh, and back to what you were saying, Scott, you know, if you decide uh, social is the way to go or search, you know, maybe having your general marketing firm do search is not the way you, you got to get a search expert and go yeah. out and have some competition and get the best person. And then getting back to brand, I mean, at the beginning, we were talking about everybody putting in their piece to the puzzle. You have all these different places and then you, you're not getting the same picture together. So I guess having a strong brand identity first. So when you do go out and say, okay, yeah, the one general company is going to give you one big vanilla kind of picture of who you are. They're going to be consistent within their own company, maybe consistently boring. But when you go out and get an expert, you still need to be within your. Yeah, they have to have the right GPS coordinates. <laughs> you know, they right. need to know who you are. It's like you know somebody coming to me in a store and saying, Alan, try this sweater on. You'd look great in this. This is a real." And of course, you know, yes, somebody else might look great in that sweater, but not for me. <laughs> yeah, nice hat. Where'd you get that free with a <laughs> bowl of soup? Looks great on you, though. <laughs> exactly. So um, you, while they may know the trends, you know, you you can't just you have to have a good sense of a good grounding, a good sense of who you are and what you stand for and, and what are the authentic anchors um, mm-hmm. that they need to pivot off of. That's actually a really good tip. You know, you do have to be grounded in those things. 
because you could have people come in and advise you could get way off track don't you think right because yeah because you could you could chase you could be chasing things that you're not authentically good at and but on the other hand if you have the same people always around you they're gonna you don't you don't get a good until my son tell me what i was in neanderthal why didn't i just you know uber it um you, you need to push sometimes you need to it's sort of back we were just talking off air you know um you think everything's great. It's like if you haven't changed the wallpaper in your kitchen for 10 years, it looks great to you or 15 or 20 years. But then finally somebody comes and says, boy, this look, the avocado was cool in 1994. What's going on here? So, Right. And I guess right. it, it makes me think of like the World's Fair or something. Kind of the point of that back then is you have to get out there, expose yourself to new things. And if you want to see what other people are doing and what's going on, the Internet's great now. The mm -hmm. communication, you can see and experience other stuff. Trade shows are great for the World's Fair. You go to a trade show, you see things you might not otherwise see. You see perspectives you might not otherwise see. You see how other people are doing stuff. You see other people's... But go to a trade show out of your industry. You know, when you go to consumer electronics, you, you see what Sony and, you know, every other electronics person does. But... You know, sometimes it's interesting to go to a different trade show, one industry over, <laughs> the auto show, to see what's happening there. Because innovation often happens not right in front of you, but from the side. Right. And you also walk in the other wrong industries movie. besides your own, where you could yeah. actually mm -hmm. see what other people are doing and see how you could apply it within your own. Yeah. That's an interesting thought. I've realized that one of my favorite, when I go to conferences, the people that are off topic, I feel like I get the most from sometimes like, okay, what I is agree. This, this person that's talking about like wellness and stuff like that. What is that? I'm at a marketing conference. <laughs> like I need to hear, learn about account-based marketing. And then I walk out of that and I'm just like, whoa, my mind was blown. I'm taking so much away from this. They uh, actually you know, call that uh, learning by differentiation, but sometimes mm -hmm. people learn better that way. Well, and getting out of what you already know and what's in your universe Steve Jobs taking a class in fonts for no particular reason and then being like, oh, this can apply. Everything doesn't have to look boring. Everything does. And it changes the whole direction of, of his thinking, realizing mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be this way. We don't have to all be looking at the same. Yeah. Don't lose your fresh eyes. That's the other thing. You know, can you can you go out and look at the world as a as a kid again or as a teen or as you're from mars i, I remember my father-in-law was in the shopping mall business and even when he was retired he would walk through a mall and he was still like observing things and say look at that sort of bizarre what's going on? and you know it's hard to see things with fresh eyes but if you're going to succeed in business you have to constantly pretend you're from mars so seek out new things maybe if you if we drill down into a particular uh a particular space if you're looking at uh, let's take something. I mean, events are kind of easy. Um, you're looking at social media marketing or, or something like that. Um, go and seek out new techniques, new perspectives in it from not all the time. You only have so much time to, to look at something, but if that's what you really want to focus on, make sure you're getting a wide variety of, a, of opinions and ideas and techniques that people are using in, in that space. Exactly. You know, zoom out, get out of your bubble. Easier said than done. <laughs> I guess it I'd is much easier said than done. Nobody's ever had their, their mind blown, like just sitting, staring at a mirror or something like that. Like you've got to get out and experience new things. <laughs> and again, that gets back to the, you know, marketing is all about, you know, not, 
being sucked into groupthink in the herd and trying to stand out for, for a real good reason as opposed to standing out because you've had a sock puppet and it's funny and you don't remember anything about it. You know, it's a balancing standing out, but standing out with a purpose. So as a marketer, you could take part of your job as go, like going for a jog through a neighborhood you've never been in before. <laughs> I, you know, I, like those simple things tend to work. If you want to, you know, try to get, you know, because people tend to hang out with people that went to the same school and have the same background and everyone sees the world with the same lens and until somebody says, gee, you know, you ever wonder why it's the old Jerry Seinfeld line. You ever wonder why people do this? That's sort of strange. Yeah. Go somewhere even that makes you uncomfortable and try to figure out why do people enjoy this? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, and part of it is you're so busy doing things by the end of the day, you double click and you, you know, you, you get in a rut. People, people are gravitated towards a familiar. If I, you know, this is on Monday, I do this on Tuesday, I do this, I answer my emails and right. they're in such a set way that they don't see disruption coming because it never comes from right in front of you. It mm -hmm. comes from the side and they don't turn their heads left or right enough. Yeah. It always makes me a little bit sad when somebody asks me, Hey, what have you been up to a friend? I haven't talked to for a month, something like that. What have you been up to? Oh, same stuff. Nothing. And I'm like, Oh God, I could go experience. I always something say day. same thing, different every day. Yep. <laughs> so I don't feel yep, so, could so go, bad. I've got two, two uh, daughters and the other week we took them to a new park. Okay. We have the park closest to us, but let's go to this other park. And it was, it was a mind blowing experience kind of to be like, Oh yeah, there are other parks that have other things that are fun and just going somewhere new is fun. And you see different things and different people coming through and a different part of the world. It's like, that's, that's a, and now, how do you get businesses to do the same thing? Right. Right. Question for you personally. Uh, favorite marketing channels. We're talking about, oh, focus on this, but what's your favorite channel? Like what, what do you focus on the most? I like, as we were talking about earlier, you know, going to things that have fallen out of favor. <laughs> I think, you know, outdoor advertising, bus shelters, you know, things that uh, are physical when everyone's trying to squeeze more and more information into your, into your mobile phone. You know, go somewhere where people, you know, haven't done anything in a while. Paint something on the floor of a supermarket. You know, try to get to a channel that that not everyone else is telling you that we've got to be on mobile and, you know, we've got to be yeah. on social. I'm thinking literally you could get a soapbox and stand in the middle of the park with your little, hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, ironically, that, you know, that's a big trend now as you know which is creating an experience that people will take a picture of and share but yeah yep. don't be scared to do something live don't be don't be don't you know people need to live outside of their yeah. handheld mobile device and i guess i'd say you know what uh, carla joe you know what you referred to if you do that on the soapbox with the loudspeaker you're a carnival barker <laughs> <laughs> you know, that that came you, up recently for us. We did a survey because to me, I thought everybody was familiar with the term carnival barker. Turns out most people aren't. Nope. Yeah. He put a little poll on a little poll on LinkedIn, you know, Kenneth mm. Kinney uh, uh -huh. texted me last night and he asked me if I knew what a carnival barker was. I said, did you <laughs> look at Sky's post on LinkedIn? <laughs> yeah, if you're going to do carnival bark, uh, uh, you know, uh, barking, you need to make sure you get a good barker. Because uh, if yeah. you do it badly, it's not going to help you. You should be the de the best damn carnival barker ever. Our bad marketer joke was: this guy says, uh, you know, he's a uh, he's a Zen master carnival barker. 
Um, and people in our office said, nobody knows what a carnival barker is. And so then we had to go find out. But yeah, so you can say, hey, this is what our company really needs. But if you put the guy out there who's, who's mute, it's not right. going to go off too well. Exactly. You can't take somebody out of your online uh, email department and say, now go to the park and stand on the bench. And then just by putting this out there, I, I learned things. We have a, a guy from China in our office and I asked him and he was, I don't know what that is. I described to him. He said, oh yeah, we have that at restaurants. And I realized, oh, okay. Okay, you have that at restaurants, you have it any area where you have a bunch of different businesses grouping together that need attention. Typically, there's somebody out front. I remember being in Europe in uh, Italy. If you walk down a street that has a lot of restaurants, they'll all have somebody out front saying, hey, hey, come and eat here. Come on, like trying to grab right. you. And we've got the best. We'll take care of you. It's like, oh, yeah, the carnival barker, different cultures have different businesses that group together. And then they all have their version of, quote, unquote, the carnival barker for that. It's a perfect example of, you know, everyone's chasing digital right now. Try something different, whether it's somebody getting in front of reading your customers when they come into the store or something else. Don't assume that, you know, just uh, have optimizing your search is going to bring them in the door. Yeah, different but still has to be effective and you have to yeah. be good at it. You have to be good at it, exactly. You know, find, you know don't, don't take your intern to have them do 12 things. You know, right. you know, whatever you do, find, try, which is, you know, Great execution still matters, but finding people that can do great things is much harder than finding people that can do average things. It is much harder, but sometimes you even have to market it differently because you may be looking for a certain thing, but that may bring in all the mediocres. You have to really figure out how to communicate what it is you're looking for, too. Yep. You know, yeah. Especially if you're out of your comfort zone and... Yeah, yeah, and you go to the same as as Skyward mentioned. You go to your same trusted suppliers. You you know they'll just that's the other most agencies, most suppliers have their favorite phrase is oh we can do that too, (laughs) and they can, but can they do it great? Is the question you got to ask. And so I I guess I'd go back to a a good uh, quote here for marketing is trust but verify your suppliers. Right. And make sure that what you're asking them to do can, of course they can do it, but how, how well can they do it is the question. Right. What are, what are they great at versus do they do everything? Yeah. yeah. I can do a podcast too, but I won't do it as well as you. We have people that will talk to us. Uh, there's a lot of companies out of India that just want to do anything you'll pay them to do development wise. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So you, so you guys can develop programs. What's your What's your specialty? If you see how many people are in India, they need those jobs. (laughs) Right. But their answer is always, well, what do you want? I'm like, tell me you're great at making apps for a smartphone or tell me you're great at SEO. Like, what's your specialty? Everything. We can do anything. We can do it. Just give us a job. Give us some work. I'm like, okay, you got to have some. Yeah. A major problem for most suppliers in in B2B marketing is that, you know, figuring out who's good at what. Uh, This is where we start, you know, uh, because everyone wants to do everything. Everyone wants to be your sole partner. And, yeah. Do you think that that's just B two B or that's B two C too, or I do we just have this both. idiosyncrasy? You know, yeah. You know, you go to a PR firm, they say we're great at digital too. <laughs> you go to a digital firm, they say we could do regular advertising too. Yeah, um, they don't want all the business, basically. Right. <laughs> and so, part of what makes shopping hard is that sussing out who who says who says they're funny and has just read a joke book and who's really funny. <laughs> Yeah, so give me one joke then. You think you're so funny? <laughs> exactly. I have a good one. <laughs> I have a All good right. joke. <laughs> you want to hear? We're waiting. Carla Joy. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're good. on the spot now. You are on the spot. Okay. It's the best. You ready? Knock, knock. Who's there? Who's there? I eat mop. You eat mop? I eat mop who? 
there you go. <laughs> That's a, bad, okay. it's, it's a bad dad joke. <laughs> I eat my poo. Come on. Shout out to your girls. The best ever. Uh, yeah. They you got to know your audience. Wow. <laughs> See, you're right. Kojo, you're hilarious. <laughs> Thank you. I think so. I eat my poo. <laughs> uh, I think that's a good note to, uh, good note to end on. I um, think so. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alan, anything, any last things we want to throw out here? Of course, we're going to uh, mention where people can find you, all that. But when it comes to uh, this this topic, this ethereal topic today of how to avoid the check the box mentality, how to focus on uh, doing something great, any last uh, advice or tips for people? Um, no, I think we, we've hit it pretty well. You know, you got to be precise in which button you want to push on your dashboard, you know, figure out where you want to play. And then be precise and making sure you got the best player to help you do it great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we will have all the uh, information on this show on the show notes at ifyoumarket.com. Uh, you can find you can find Alan at, let me see, metaforce.com. Yep. Am I getting that? No, it's yep. metaforce.co. You know. Metaforce.co. Yeah, it was a metaforce.com in the medical business. So. <laughs> It was Ediforce.com. They moved the M to the beginning. Now it's Ediforce.co. And then we've got a couple other links to things uh, things uh, from you here as well, from marketing profs, profs and a couple other places around that have some information on on you guys and what you do. I think that we'll post in the show notes. Right, you can search by name and maybe it'll come up. Yep. Yeah. And uh, LinkedIn, LinkedIn is cooperative. Yep. Easy enough to find him on LinkedIn. We've got uh, Alan Adamson, not Adam Allenson. Um, <laughs> it's probably one of those two. Uh, so yeah, find Alan on LinkedIn. Any other information you want to put out there, Alan? People can follow you on Twitter, anything like that? Yeah, they can. But I, I think, you know, just search. I, I, I write for Forbes once a month and uh, I'm on lots of uh, uh, podcasts and speak, speak a lot. So just uh, I'm always trying to see what's happening and uh, see what you can learn from it. Fantastic. And then if you want to take a class in marketing, check out NYU Stern. Ed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're, you're a professor there. Yeah. A couple books, the Brand Simple. Uh, now, help me out with this. Brand Simple, Brand Digital. Two books, one book? Two books. One was, the first one was Brand Simple, How Important and Great Ideas, okay. if you get it simple. And then, of course, everyone was talking about digital and you know, you know, how, do you, how do you brand effectively in digital? Which, I have it on the page with commas, and then I don't know if the commas in the title or if it's separated. <laughs> no, it, was, it, it, took, uh, it took two two swings to hit it. And then the most recent book, uh, Shift Ahead, I imagine you can find all those on, uh, on Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. Fantastic. We'll, we'll mention those in the, in the show notes as well. I want to thank everybody for listening. Please, uh, please do, uh, again, pick one of the three, share us on social media, tell a friend, or give us a good review on iTunes. That would really help out. And uh, on behalf of Carla Joe Helms, the Iffy Market team, and Alan Adamson of Metaforce, thank you for listening to the Iffy Market podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it, they will come. To think about maybe I should just go for a walk in a different direction today. You always watch the same TV channel every night at 9 uh, don't be Rain Man. You don't have to be like, uh, <laughs> gotta watch Jeopardy, Jeopardy, Jeopardy. Like, just switch to another channel and see what happens. Maybe you'll like Oprah. Is your data company ignoring and gouging you or gouging and ignoring you? Those are the main reasons our customers move from the previous list provider 
Mountaintop Data's Top Data Search platform. What's Top Data Search? Well, with Top Data Search, you can search our database of 20 million plus business contacts and download lists with complete contact information. It's a convenient tool for both sales and marketing departments to get accurate lists. It's free to have an account. There's no annual contracts, no seat fees. Top Data Search is just easy access to accurate data. And when you reach out to us with questions, we actually give you answers. Visit topdatasearch.com and sign up for a free account with the coupon code IYM300 and get 300 free credits. Or if you're just curious, go to topdatasearch.com and run some searches on our open search tool, no account needed, by clicking the search now button. That's at topdatasearch.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.